Are you a real estate investor looking to elevate your income, freedom, and lifestyle? If so, optimize your daily performance by downloading our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits at ElevatePod.com. In this guide, created by yours truly, you'll learn why you do what you do, how to easily institute cues in your environment to trigger desired behavior, directly applicable steps to create a fulfilling future, and much more. Get your free copy now at ElevatePod.com and kickstart your new habits today. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to Elevate the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Whitney Elkins Hutton today. Today, you're going to learn about the mindset required to develop and create the life of your dreams, to design the life of your dreams. You're going to learn about how a recovering perfectionist shedded her identity to create success in real estate. Perhaps how that may have correlated to your own journey, your own story about your own identity. You're going to learn about where your beliefs have come from. You're going to learn how to wedge space between a belief that's not serving you and a belief that can serve you and will serve you. You're going to learn about strengthening the muscle of a resourcefulness mindset so that you can put yourselves in yourself in position to design the life of your dreams through real estate. Today's episode is so good. I'm so excited about this. Elevate podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. And yeah, I guess more too, right? I don't know where that word came from, but more, 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 more amazingness today. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I'm a professional real estate investor and high performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar today. If it's your first time listening to Elevate, welcome. We're so thankful to have you here and you're important to us and we are going to continue to pour in massive value into your cup. Just know we have an entire library waiting for you to dive in and it's a tremendous amount of depth of valued content that's actionable, that's life-changing, that can change the paradigm of your business. So I want to thank you. I want to welcome you for being a new listener to Elevate. If you've been here before, you know the deal, you know the drill. I'm asking you to pay the fee. The fee is to pay it forward. Um, by the way, whether you're here for the first time or it's 250 plus times for you, we just ask that you share this episode with a friend. All you have to do is grab the link, send it in a text message, an email, or post it on social media, or just tell someone else about Elevate Podcast. The only way that we can continue to grow is if we earn the value of your introduction. So I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart today, please pay the fee and go ahead and do that now. It'll take five, 10 seconds. That's it. And it makes all the difference. And we just thank you. We appreciate all of the introductions. We're continuing to grow leaps and bounds. And we're thankful for that. The only way that we can continue to add massive value is if we continue on that trajectory. So I want to thank you for doing that. Also want to thank you for giving us a rating, a review, and subscribing or following Elevate Podcasts on whichever platform that you listen or watch podcasts. That's important to us. And I read every single review. I'm so thankful for those. Those give the audience or future audience you know, an opportunity to understand what we're all about. And so I just want to thank you for that. And I want to let you know, if you haven't done that already, I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart, please give us a rating, a review and subscribe. With all that said, I want to dive in and introduce you to Whitney Elkins Hutton, who is 
the director of investor education at PassiveInvesting.com and a partner in $700 million plus in real estate, including over 5,000 residential units, multifamily, mobile home parks, single family residential and assisted living and over 1,400 self-storage units across eight states. And she also has experience flipping over $3 million in residential real estate. She is amazing. She's friendly. She's energetic. She's driven. She's committed. Um, but she's also extremely approachable. I mean, this is somebody who, you know, she's not acting like she's better than anyone else. You know, anybody who has the commitment to doing whatever it takes can do what she's done. And I think today you're going to see those patterns. You're going to see why she's had so much, so much success in designing her life through real estate. So without further ado, please enjoy this awesome, this life-changing conversation with Whitney Elkins Hutton. Whitney Elkins Hutton, welcome to Elevate. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. No, I'm, it's my pleasure. And, you know, you and I were, we were laughing before. I mean, we just spent 25 minutes catching up and it's like, wait a minute, we should do the podcast. Don't you think? Because oh, yeah. we've, had this, record. <laughs> we've had this on the, on the schedule here for six weeks. And uh, so, but you know, we almost used our entire time just catching up, but no, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. You and I got to know each other, I guess about a year, a little over a year ago. And um, I've been really fascinated with you and your story, your trajectory, ever since then, but how have things been since we originally met? Um, great. Yeah. I've had some, you know, uh, transitions and, uh, you know, have, uh, kind of stepped into a new role at passiveinvesting.com as the director of investor education and, you know, spending time at home with my, uh, child, we have chosen to keep her on in online school so we can travel more. We, um, COVID really showed us we can design the life that we really want, which for us means a lot of travel and flexibility, um, and location freedom. And uh, yeah, we're just really kind of, you know, we're building out the dream. I can't say that we're living the dream yet because it evolves every day. I love that. And it's a good reminder for everyone listening is, you know, you can be in the middle of designing. It may not be the picture perfect story that you have this vision of, but you're in the middle of building that. There's there's a lot of beauty in that. And I've been reminded by some people that I really appreciate and respect that, you know, where we are in our journey shouldn't be compared with where someone else is in their journey, but it could be compared to where we've been. And I think there's a lot of beauty in looking back and saying, wow, I'm grateful for my progress. So thank you for that reminder. But Whitney, while we dive into this episode and while we dive into this conversation, if you would play a little game with me, I'd love to ask you if you were to describe yourself in the way that the people who know you best would describe you, what would you say about them? I love it. Uh, so I think, you know, most people see me as very like driven and focused and tenacious. And uh, I, I try to be very um, humble and, and open and authentic. And so I think that that's people who know me best, like really understand that, you know, they see this very driven person, but you know, there's an underlying, you know, how I sarcasm is how I hug. I like making um, jokes. Uh, I sometimes I have a hard time being serious when everybody else in the room is being serious. I'm like, you know, life life's too short. Why aren't we all smiling and laughing? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's, well, that's you, uh, you I think that's how people would describe me. No, absolutely. And and it's it's been really fun to learn kind of about your real estate trajectory in particular and where you've come from and what you've been able to build and what you're designing, as you mentioned, sort of designing that life and utilizing real estate as this vehicle. So I'm excited to dive into your real estate story and your journey. But 
you know, I think it's always instructive to understand the person behind that story previous to that. So give us a sense of your upbringing, your backstory a little bit. You were telling me a little bit about this before we started recording today, which I found to be highly insightful. But give me a sense of what was life like growing up and, and so forth. Oh, gosh. Um, so, you know, part of the conversation that we're having today is that mindset is everything, you know, whether you're going to have success in real estate or whatever you are doing in life, like mindset is everything. And for me and my upbringing, uh, I, I guess, let, let me back it up. A lot of people ask me the question, like, oh, where did you get this mindset? This very driven, this focused, tenacious mindset. Mm -hmm. And I have trouble articulating where I got that. I mean, that's, I grew up playing sports. I grew up in, um, my dad was in the air force. Um, my mom was in the medical field. It was, you know, very structured household. And so it was always kind of baked and ingrained in me. And I was so thankful for that. However, as you and I were talking, you know, for me, a lot of people, you know, have to kind of come into their own, like in their late teens and early twenties and really kind of figure out who they are. That hit home for me in my thirties. Um, you know, when my parents passed away, my dad passed away first and then my mom. And then I'm like, wait a second, I don't have to be this structured, you know, very planned out person. Who am I now? <laughs> so It's almost you like know? you were having an identity crisis at that point in time. You're like, well, wait a minute. Where did these beliefs, these thoughts, this perspective, this personality come from? And then you started to question everything. Am I on the right track, perhaps? And maybe you're still unpacking this. Well, you know, so uh, it, thank you. Yeah. Am I still unpacking this? I think we are all always unpacking everything every day. Like, you know, growth mm -hmm. is constant. Um, if mm -hmm. you're not growing, you know, you know, we have a, you know, a, a coach in common that we really like Trevor McGregor. If you're not growing, you're dying. Right. It's a very famous um, Tony Robbins quote. Um, but, you know, for me, um, the, the beliefs, you know, belief system that my parents, you know, cultivated within me, you know, served me extremely well. I was able to, um, you know, achieve some amazing things. Like at a very young age, I played in, you know, I was first chair in the, uh, community orchestra. I played on the men's varsity soccer team, not the women's, the men's, wow. I was on the Olympic development team, you know, so I was this, this high achiever, um, high achiever mindset cultivated in me. The thing is, is that was it mine? I don't know. I did was I wasn't I didn't even ask that question of myself um, until my mom passed away in 2018. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second. I now have I'm free of like any sort of judgment or question that my parents would have of me, like if I chose to do something that was counterintuitive to their belief system. So no, I have an interesting thought on this real quick. Oh, yeah. um, and I want to, I want to hear what you have to say about this, but the question of was that belief system yours is a really interesting question. And I think it's one that we could all kind of reflect on and say, well, is my belief system or are these beliefs mine or are they borrowed? And obviously, obviously we're influenced by our environment. We're influenced by the things we read, by the media we consume, the people we surround ourselves with. And of course, we're mostly influenced by our parents in our upbringing. And these are some things that are baked into our subconscious that we may or may not ever be aware of until we start to ask this question. And it starts to get really interesting as you start to question and say, well, where did this come from? Because, you know, most, most ideas, most thoughts, most wisdom is borrowed, right? And we can move that forward and apply that in a, in, in a 
in a way that makes sense for us. But if we don't question that, we don't have the ability of saying, well, is this right for me? Does this, is this in alignment with sort of what my innate nature is? Does that resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. And you and I have like, you know, I've been asking myself this question for the better part of a year, as you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a second, like, is what I'm doing right now in alignment with me, my personality, my goals, my objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think going back to that question that I had of myself when my mom passed away um, is, you know, I never really fully told her what I was doing in real estate. Interesting. She knew. She never asked any deeper questions about it. I never volunteered that offer. Why? What? Yeah. Why didn't you Gosh, ever tell I, her? Well, you know, let me you know pose the question to the people that are listening here. You know, at least people, if people are starting out in real estate, uh, they probably have some friends and family that are like, what on earth are you doing? Yep. You're, you're crazy. Like <laughs> I, I, I if, if people could raise their hands right now, I would, I would imagine like, you know, out of a hundred people listening or a thousand people listening to this, 999 would raise their hand to that. And the oh, one yeah. person that didn't, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Whitney, I've been doing this for almost 10 years and people still think that about me. They're like, you're crazy. I have no idea what you're doing and you're crazy. And I think we're all, and I think that's where you have to kind of step into your own and be like, okay, maybe I am crazy, but I'm crazy for myself. I'm going to take control of like, you know, my destiny. When you don't have those conversations openly, like with family members and friends, you're hiding a part of yourself. So essentially I was hiding a part of my relationship with my, my mm. parents. They didn't, I mean, my dad passed away before I ever really, truly got involved in real estate, but I was definitely hiding that from my mom. And I, and, and not so much if she had asked, I would have said something, but, um, it was more so that I just didn't feel that I was going against her values, her mindset, her beliefs. And I, I just didn't feel for whatever reason that I could like open up and be truly myself. And so that's, I robbed myself of that experience and I robbed her of that experience because she didn't fully know who her daughter was. Mm. Right. And that here's the thing is, you know, maybe it's not as extreme for people. Maybe they can, you know, connect to this in some sort of way. It's not as extreme as their parents have passed away. Um, but you know, I, I think this is a, a really a struggle that people are going with on a very granular basis is that they're like, okay, great. I'm going to just go do me that's fine. I'm going to pursue my real estate dreams. But when you don't step in fully and own that as you, your belief system and and be okay with that, rubbing up against other people's belief system that you so love dearly, you, you got, you rob yourself of having a really, you know, that part of that, that intimate relationship. Do you think it was really true that you were really going against her values or was that just a BS, you know, a belief system or, you know, what the other phrase of BS is? Do you think that that was true or was that BS? To both, both. Interesting. Yeah, because I think, you know, um, you know, especially for me, like, you know, what was cultivated in my household was, you know, being a high achiever, um, you, you know, we we didn't talk about making mistakes freely. Mm. Uh, it was, if you made a mistake, great. Did you learn from it? But we didn't really spend much time there. We didn't talk about the emotional component of making a mistake. And how did you, you know, it was more over, did you like, did you correct the action and get your result? Not so much like, what did you mentally learn about yourself or emotionally learn about yourself along the way? 
So if we were to unpack that, did you feel like when you were starting to get into real estate, you were immersed in this community of we embrace failure, failure is feedback, that's how you improve. And it's like this abundance mentality of, hey, no matter what, I'm going to win because I'm either going to get to my outcome or I'm going to receive feedback that, hey, that outcome isn't what I was meant to receive right now. And here's the growth. Um, was it because of that or is there something else? Well, I'll, I'll say that whenever I found that type of community, you know, and, and it took me a while, even when I got into real estate to really like get into that community, because, you know, I was doing a lot of that, you know, buying the real estate solo for a while. So there was no community. But when I decided to surround myself with community, I was like, oh, this is amazing. We're not in competition. I mean, we are kind of, but everybody's so abundant mindset and mm -hmm and opening and welcoming and challenge each other. And it was so surreal. I was like, nah, this can't be. <laughs> so <laughs> There's got to like be this... an alternative, alternative motive here somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the alignment that you felt like you were out of with your parents or your mom's value and your values in particular were that, Hey, you know what? It's not about mistakes. We don't make mistakes. We are high performers. We correct the action and we proceed forward and we get to the outcome. What else? Was there something else that you felt like was out of alignment that prevented you from having these type of conversations or really opening up your identity that you had, you know, stacked on to who you were as a person, you know, now as an investor, what else was preventing you from having those conversations? I think it was an extension of what was already there, what you've already named, which is, I just didn't feel I, you know, when you, you kind of have that mentality that I need to be, let's take it. A lot of people are perfectionists. I know mm -hmm. that's how you know, you know, I was brought up in school, like, you know, you got straight A's. That's, that's what you did, right? You know, high performers. I think a lot of people are recovering perfectionists. I didn't want to have that judgment. I didn't really know what to do with it. I wasn't, you know, afraid of it, but I was just, I was avoidant of it. I'm like, eh, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I, I'm going to make an assumption and we all know what assumes means if we're mm -hmm. going to like go down to the, that <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, but you know, I was assuming that I was going to get that judgment from my mom and yeah, I probably would have initially on the surface, but if we could have gotten past that surface, um, judgment, I think it, there would have been something really deeply beautiful there. You know, what's so interesting. This is real. I've actually never had this conversation, this type of conversation within the realm of real estate investing. But you think about it like a recovering perfectionist. That is an uh, that is like you have to shed that identity to have success in real estate. I don't know about you, but I'm still making mistakes today. I mean, like a lot of them, you know, and, and every day there has to be some course correction. I think about a plane flying from New York to L.A. It's really interesting to me that 98 percent of the time it's off path. It's off course. And so there's constant course correction. It's 1% in this direction. It's 1% South. It's 1% East. It's 1% West. I mean, obviously you, you don't want to go East if you're flying from New York to LA, but the, the fact of the matter is it's a, it's a really interesting thought process that can be applied and, and is applied in our real estate business. But as a recovering perfectionist, the thought of course correction, we don't, we shouldn't have to course correct. We should never make those mistakes in the first place. But I think embracing fully the fact that, you know what, we don't know everything. And this is a constantly evolving set of circumstances, not only the market, not only cost of capital, not only, you know, uh, economic events and all these different things, but also how we interact with it in our own psychology, how maybe an investor, a partner, uh, a seller, a broker, an agent, you know, pr a property manager, how they're interacting psychologically 
psychologically as well as how they're interacting with their business. There's so many different factors. And so this recovering perfectionism that I would imagine for you, like many was an identity that you had to shed. And so maybe that's what you're talking about is that this metamorphosis of who you became was like, wow, everything became under question. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think you had some great illustrations there and I can actually bring up one for me that, um, you know, was, you know, about the course correction piece that's very like tangible and recent. Um, you know, I have part of like, you know, this most recent transition, you know, of, um, stepping away from a, uh, being a, the director of investor relations at a private equity firm and doing very well at capital raising. So I could be at home in alignment with being a mom, being a wife, um, stepping in designing the life that I truly want. I mean, I'm passionate about real estate, but I know for the next like, you know, few months, couple years, you know, we were joking around about it. My nine-year-old still likes me. I'm going to take advantage <laughs> of that. Right. Yeah. Um, now, so I've, you know, I'm keeping my foot in real estate because I'm very passionate about, you know, the power that and, the, and wielding that tool to create a life by design. Now, however, the, going getting back to the tangible part of the story, I was working on my Q2 goals. Now, yes, it's we're a week into Q2. I'm a little behind. Okay, uh -oh. cut that off, right? Like, not a perfectionist there, but it's that little course correction because I was writing out what I wanted to do for the next 90 days, and I flipped back to what I had set at the beginning of the year. I'm like, oh, hold on, I'm off course there. That's not what I meant to do. And here's the thing: it, the perfectionist in me would be like okay, I need to adjust and I'm going to go do that. The questioner in me, right? Like the person that's involving question, like, do I, does that for initial goal at the beginning of the year still hold true or is it gone or does it need to evolve? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and that is a mindset that I, that's the part of my mindset that I've been having to kind of the muscle that I've been having to flex over the past, probably like 10 to 15 years in real estate is, you know, things can change. We can evolve. We're not this, you know, rigid, you know, person, you know, that says, you know, oh, I was going to go to med school and I was going to, you know, you know, have my own practice by, you know, age 40 and I'm going to retire at 60. No, like I can choose a different path at any point in time. So this is a really interesting thought as well. Um, when I think about goals, like I'm, I'm kind of on the Earl Nightingale camp where, you know, when you set a goal, you know, you have created your future in advance. And so I'm a big believer in goals. I'm a big, big believer in setting an intention and allowing, you know, the universe and uh, your subconscious do the heavy lifting and find these opportunities that, you know, in some senses could be synchronicities, or you may say, well, it's a coincidence or whatever, but you know, I've seen it in my life. I'm sure you've seen it in your life. Where do you draw the line in the, example that you just described about, all right, Q2, you're setting goals and you're looking back and saying, well, what did I, what did I commit to for the year? And you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm off course based on what I said I wanted to accomplish for Q1. Where do you draw the line between, okay, we need to make a revision in that intention or in that goal and not, you know, over negotiating with yourself because the lower <laughs> self, you know, the lower self says, Oh, that was too big of a goal. You know, let's just, let's just, uh, decrease it by half. And, you know, at that point now it's, now it's achievable. Where do you draw that line personally? Well, I think, you know, so there's, there's a, you know, let me clarify something here. Um, it's not negotiating the action, the execution of the goal is I'm questioning, is that goal still relevant? I love that. So, 
you know, case in point, one of my goals was to bring on 14 short-term rentals or not 14, four short-term <laughs> rentals here. Here's a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. Right. Overachiever. There we go. Um, and so one a quarter and, you know, interest rate, you know, there's a lot of things that have changed in the environment in the past quarter. Uh, is, does that goal for me to hit four this year still hold true? Do I want to pursue four? Do I, you know, is that the best use of my time and energy and the funds? Or is there a deeper part of that goal that I actually wanted? Was it the cash flow? So, so maybe I set the four short term rentals down and go after, oh, I wanted to generate at least $2,000 a month in cash flow from those goals or an X percentage. Is there a different way that I could achieve the same result? The four short term rentals were a lead measure, something that I could check off to get to the lag. And so I don't, I don't think you should renegotiate the lag measures um, over time. Once you set a lag measure, that's your compass. But you know, if there's a lead measure that you're setting kind of as a 90 day target, maybe you can renegotiate with that. Now, what you're kind of getting at is if you have a lag measure, and I'm going to give a tangible example of this. You know, I have a you know a lag measure of bringing on X number of investors. You know, within our ecosystem and passiveinvesting.com, every single um, you know month to quarter. Uh, and I know I have to do these three or four actions every single week or a month in order to make that happen. If I don't, if I choose to skip a month or a week, it's not that I get to say, oh, I'm not going to make that up. I have to figure out how to make that up in order to meet my goal. Mm-hmm. So there's actually two different things that we got to talk about. Are we talking about adjusting the lead measure to achieve the result? You know, did we miss defining the lag measure? And that's where I was getting at, you know, you know, but we can't, if we know what the lag measure is, we can't get to a goal and renegotiate with ourselves thinking that we can like, kind of like skimp out on the lead measure to achieve the lag. You got to do the lead. You just need to make sure, is it the right lead? I like that. And it's outcome focused, right? Remaining outcome focused, but being open to feedback from the market from, you know, set of circumstances, because things are constantly changing. And I mean, the last three months, the last two years have been a prime example of that, especially in the real estate market. But when you set goals, I mean, do you focus on things that you can control in terms of your own activity? Or are you mainly focusing on those lag measures? Is, is that what you're mainly focusing on? Because sometimes, you know, it's like, let's just give an example. So let's say a listener is saying, all right, well, this year, I have a certain amount of acquisitions, I want to, I want to complete, I want to close. And that's my goal. Should the listener be focusing on that? Or should they be focusing on the level of deals that they underwrite or the level of calls that they make? Maybe those are sub goals. And maybe it's both. But what, what's your opinion? Yeah, so I, I'm very much in the Gary Keller camp, right? You know, the, the goal is, um, you know, the, the purpose of a goal is not necessarily to achieve it, but to be appropriate in the moment. So if the goal is to have, you know, 10 acquisitions or 50 acquisitions by, you know, the end of the year, you need to break it down, you know, into the smallest non-negotiable thing that you could possibly do, you know, basically break it down into a habit that you could repeat day in and day out. You know, how many calls did you make? How many new deals did you look at, analyze? How many offers did you make? And keep track of all those lead measures. But again, you know, being responsive to the feedback that you're getting. Here's the thing. You can't judge the response that you're getting in your feedback if you're not actually executing what you said the lead measure was going to be. So let's say, let's make math easy. We said we were going to close on 40 deals by the end of the year. And that means you need to have 10 under contract in the first quarter. If you need to 
you know, have 10 under contract in the first quarter, how many deals do you need to look at that are appropriate to get to that, to that 40? Okay. Not, but you can't even jump that far. How many do you need to look at in order to analyze the right deals? Right. And how many deals do you need to be analyzing in order to put in the right offers? And how many offers do you need to be putting in to actually close on the 10? Mm-hmm. So once, once you have all that defined, okay, we went through that super fast. So if rewind, if you guys need to get that, <laughs> um, once you have that defined, you, now you got to check the boxes. And if you aren't checking those boxes, you can't evaluate the feed. The feedback is kind of noise until you're actually committing to doing the habits, the actions that will in turn get you the results. Now, somebody's going, I'm looking at all the deals and I'm analyzing and I'm putting in offers and I'm, I, I'm not able to close. You know, that's where you need to like sit. I feel like you should sit with like, are you, you know, is there something else in the system that needs to be adjusted? Or, you know, then, you know, what, you know, if you, if you've got all that fluff out, all those obstacles covered, which guys, it takes a lot. There are a lot of obstacles in the way in real estate. Yes. Once you kind of get that all assessed out, you know, then you can interrogate reality. Like, you know, are you in the right market? Are you looking at the right type of the deal for the right market timing? Do you need to bring in a partner? Is there a different way for you to achieve the goal? You've got, you, then you, then you can start kind of starting to pivot and really understanding what's being effective. Yeah. And, and what I've found myself is that there's a few things. One is, you know, when I am getting poor feedback, you know, from sort of activities that I'm generating, the one question is, hey, you know, let's let's kind of question everything. You know, do I have the right approach? What do I need to adjust in my strategy? The other thing it, it mindset related, in my opinion, it's how committed are you and are you willing to show the universe that you're defiantly committed to doing whatever it takes? And, you know, it's almost like a game because you almost look at it and say, well, oh, this is the test. The test is now to, you know, persevere, be persistent and move forward. The other side of it is this is a thought process that I feel like has served me so well is that when we have impatience with actions, but patience with results, it's amazing what can occur. And I've found this in my life in so many ways, especially in real estate. When I set a goal, like let's say it's a quarterly goal, let's say it's an annual goal. You know, there's a lot of times where I look and I'm like, wow, I, I don't have much time left in this quarter or this year, but it just all of a sudden starts to come together. And there's lagging indicators that come together. It's like almost, uh, you know, almost serendipitously. And it, I think it's, it, you look back and it's like, all right, this mindset of, okay, I'm being tested. And my perseverance, my persistence will pay off. I just have to show faith that I'm willing to continue even when it feels like I'm not getting the feedback. Has that ever happened to you or does that resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this, uh, you know, March was one of those months. I mean, uh, we, uh, you know, I had a goal of getting one short-term rental under contract, right? You know, for me, like, and that's in my personal portfolio. And um, we had, a, I, I actually started off early. I closed one. I'm like, great. I'm going to level up. I'm going to go for two. And uh, we got one under contract again at probably the beginning of February. And it was that nightmare seller that nobody ever wants to deal with. And the, and the deal, long story short, fell out of contract two days before closing. Ooh. Seller didn't want to, you know, confirm that, you know, or didn't want to, you know, finalize the inspection resolution. I mean, we had clear to close. We had the appraisal done. We're all ready to cross the finish line. And um, they, you know, canceled the contract. And I'm sitting there going, but I have an income goal to hit in March. 
And like, what are you doing, seller? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, you know, I can't control you. Right. Um, what am I going to do now? And that's where we pivoted. And we're like, okay, we've been wanting to test this theory about, you know, starting a camper van business. We have one month to get it figured out to hit our, you know, and not only find it, secure it, get it serviced, get it, you know, all the materials, you know, you know, get the business plan put together, get it, you know, and get it up and start getting it rented to prove the model by the end of the month. And oh, by the way, we're going to take a 10 day, 10 day vacation in California. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, guess what? We're now in the camper van business, you know? So it was again, like, you know, for me, I had to go back to for what was the actual measure that I was trying to achieve. It was the income goal. Did a short-term rent, did it have to be a short-term rental? No. How quickly could I pivot? Now we're still looking at short-term rentals to add to our portfolio, but how quickly could I pivot into something that um, could help me bring in that income? And then, you know, we had been looking at camper vans. It's not like all of a sudden we said, okay, seller canceled their contract. Let's start going on Google and figuring out what we can do. Right. Uh, you know, we had been thinking about this for several months, but, you know, again, you know, just putting it out kind of out to the universe and, um, I, I tell you within 24 hours, we had like, my husband had found a, a van two days later, I had the insurance in place. And a couple of days after that, I had the lending in place and just everything kind of tumbled for us, but we were committed to the outcome, you know, in our minds, failure was not an option yet. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor. Then we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a national real estate investment firm founded by myself and my business partner, Brian Flaherty. CF Capital's mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors like you maximize their returns by investing in high value multifamily communities. If you are looking for risk adjusted alternative investments in quality apartment communities, are seeking tax optimized cash flow with appreciation upside without all the hassles of management, you might benefit from learning more about investing alongside our team. You're invited to reach out and learn more about how you can invest with us by visiting cfcapllc.com. We're also currently offering a free ebook called The Bottom Line, 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. Whether you're a new or experienced investor, we're confident you'll find massive value in this resource. So go get your free copy today at cfcapllc.com. And now please enjoy the rest of the show. That is the difference. The The key word was committed, committed to the outcome, because there's a lot of people who are just interested. They're interested in an extra $2,000 a month in passive income. But yes. Yeah. I'm interested in that. But when I get knocked off course, when the seller cancels the contract two days before closing, well, I guess it's just not meant for me. You know, this business is terrible. I'm the victim, all these things, but you remained, you remained remained it. You remained committed to the outcome. And so the other thing that I think is interesting about this whole circumstance with you, and I feel like it's a theme, it's a pattern that you've exhibited throughout your real estate investing life so far, is that you've you now you're in the this new sort of asset class. And what you're doing now is you're like, okay, I'm getting to my outcome, but I now got to get myself out of the management of this asset class. So now it's like you've created this this outcome, you know, you have another issue, a challenge that now you're working through. Is that something that has been a, a, a pattern that you've kind of worked through over the years as well? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I think that, you know, I, I used to be, you know, probably at even a younger age in my late teens and twenties, very planned. And I almost knew the outcome and I, it, I, there was a fear of success and fear of failure, right? Like I had everything planned. I needed to know what was going to happen 
happen after I achieve the goal. And if I couldn't sustain that after, I'd be, I, I wouldn't execute sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right? That makes um, sense. I, perfectionist. Um, whereas now and I'm like, okay, ready, fire, aim. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have gotten myself and my family in, you know, some, not, you know, you know, terrible situations, but you know, that's, you know, where we're at right now with the, with this whole launching the camper van business. It's like, we're like, wow, we want to travel. We, if we're not here <laughs> to lease out the van, we don't earn income that week. Right. Or if we're not here when it's returned, how do we know it got returned in a great condition? Now we got to start working ourselves out of the business. But I think it's being okay to to only have just as much information as you need in order to get started and then figuring out what you don't know along the way. Um, you know, some people call it building the parachute as you jump out of the airplane. You know, mm-hmm. I, th- I would like to think that we have like actually the parachute like on and tied to our back and we kind of know how to pull the ripcord, but, you know, trying to figure out do our legs need to be like extended fully when we hit the ground or do we need to crumple or, right. you know, we've got some time before we hit the ground to try to figure that out, you know? Yeah. You're falling from the sky and it's like, Hey, consultant coach, tell me what do I need to do when I get closer? I think I've got like 30 minutes, but what do I do when I get down there? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or finding somebody or even a mentor. Like we went and found, um, you know, somebody, you know, in my mentor group that had a camper van business. I reached out. I'm like, guys, we bought a camper van. We've got our first rental. Like, Oh, by the way, how did you structure the business? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and we had some great conversation. We got great feedback and, and there is, and, and here's the unique thing is, you know, reaching out for help. You're going to get a multitude of ways of how people do it. Mm-hmm. You can take all that information and build something that's completely your own, which is what, you know, we are doing with this particular business. I feel like the foundation is this resourcefulness mindset that says, hey, I'm going to figure it out. And I have the ability to figure it out. And I have the resilience to be able to, you know, knock, you know, when I get knocked down to be able to get back up. And when I make a mistake, it's not fatal. And so it is this choice, I believe is this choice that you know what you've chosen that when you make a decision, you don't have all the answers, you will get them along the way. I don't know about you. But that was a big shift for me as well. Because I think growing up, you know, it's like, well, don't you want to get an A on the test? And to get an A on the test, you've got to study, you got to have your ducks in a row. And before you go in and sit down, you better know what you're doing, or you're not going to get that that result. And it's just way different. You have to unlearn that is that that sounds like a process that maybe you've gone through as well. Yes. And I think there's, you know, the resourcefulness, I think that's where if you know, we're all striving to get there. It's different than having resources. And I think that, especially for investors that are um, starting out in real estate and starting to level up or when they hit a level of achievement and they need to push past that, um, they struggle with that. You know, uh, I work with investors, you know, in my consulting practice that are just getting into real estate or, you know, getting past like two or three units and want to get up to 10 or 20 units. And the first thing that they run into is generally is I ran out of money. I don't have the resources in order to execute my plan, right? That's different from being resourceful, asking that question, how can I, and trying to figure out all the different ways that you could possibly solve that as crazy as they may sound and uncomfortable as it may sound. Um, And so I think, you know, and every time it's a muscle that has to be flexed. And the sooner you can start flexing that muscle, it will become a habit. 
right? It's like going to the gym. Like if you're lifting 20 pound dumbbell weights, the first couple of times, and you've never lifted weights before that hurts. And there's going to be some pain the next day, delayed muscle onset soreness, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, over time you continue to you work your way up to lifting that heavy weight, you know, it's easy. Even if you take a break, you can come back to it and be like, yeah, I, you know what to expect, right? Cause you've got that, that muscle memory built up. Same thing here. And that's something that we're really trying to work with in cultivating in our, our child is, um, n- not solving the problem for her, not giving the resources to where she can actually solve it all right there herself, mm-hmm. but just making her like ask the questions, how can I, how can I, how can I, and here's the cool thing I have, this goes back, it's kind of circling back to the whole belief system as a parent. I have a belief system for my child. I'm like, this is how you solve the problem, kid. <laughs> but I ask her, how can, how can you do this? What are some other ideas? And the ideas she comes up with sometimes I never would have thought of. Wow. That's because we all have infinite creativity. We have infinite resource from us. Every single person listening to this episode, to this conversation has that within them. And that question, it puts us in the world of possibilities. How can I, it it reminds me of Robert Kiyosaki. He's like, it's not, you know, I can't afford this. It's how can I afford this? One of the things that I've realized in real estate is that there are so many different creative ways to structure deals, to solve problems. And I'm sure you would agree with me, Whitney, we get paid on solving problems. Like as investors, like it's not about, Hey, you know, we just have capital and then we just go and it's this perfect scenario. It's about putting puzzle pieces together to solve a problem. So does that resonate with you? And, and that question, I mean, cause I was thinking about somebody else who I know who's looking to start a business. It, it's a retail business and it's not really directly within real estate. Although obviously she would be either leasing a space or perhaps owning a, a building. And her first thought was, well, I don't have money for that. I can't do that. But you know, she took herself out of the world of possibilities immediately. And so I thought about what Robert Kiyosaki says, well, well, how can you afford that? You know, how can you put yourself in the world of possibilities? But it sounds like that's just been a muscle that you've continued to strengthen yourself just by asking that. Or is there any, any other tips that you might suggest? Well, I would expand on that in a couple of ways. Um, you know, that is, that is, first of all, somebody has to show you, you know, you have to learn how to do that. Maybe you learn it on a podcast, maybe you learn it in a book, maybe you learn it by listening to, you know, you know, conversations like this, right. Mm -hmm. You you have to actually understand that that is an option to ask that question. How can I is versus I can't, um, I can't do that. Then I think the follow-up to that is what if you, you keep running into the obstacle, you know, that you have to take the consistent and persistent action. And when you hit the obstacle, you have to be tenacious enough to not take no for an answer. That is something that I learned in, you know, you know, uh, sales is no, just means not now. Yes. <laughs> me now and I'm like, okay, great. I'll come back like a week later. I am, <laughs> I can be kind of annoying that way sometimes. Um, uh, I'll be like, great. I'll follow up with you in a month. And the person might, might actually mean no, but more often than not, they're setting a boundary and they mean not now. And so I think that is kind of the missing puzzle piece is when you, you can't take hitting up the, against the obstacle or the ceiling as that feedback of, no, that this is not for me. I need to pivot. Um, I can't close a 20 unit building because I can't get financing. I've asked, how can I have you for one, 
you know, to your point, have you exhausted all interrogated reality and exhausted all ideas and resourcefulness in order to make that happen? And then two, maybe you have, and if you have, is it just a not now and you can pivot into something else, right? But again, it goes back to being married to that outcome, committed to that outcome. And the, the questions that I love asking myself every single year, you know, my, my husband and I sit down um, in our annual planning is, what do we want? Why do we want it? And who do we have to become to get it? And it's funny, you know, because you think you've answered that already. <laughs> You're like, one and done, check. Like, let's move on. No, you have to continually ask yourself that. So again, you can go back to that LA to um, New York flight and make those course corrections along the way. Okay. I want to, I want to unpack what you just said there about who do we have to become in order to get it? Cause I think that's the, that's the key phrase. And that's why I, I'm a huge believer in personal development, because I believe your success lags your own personal development uh, and whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish. But one of the things I just wanted to make a comment on before we get to that is you're talking about the tenacity, um, not taking no for an answer, no being a not right now. There's a mindset piece. There's a conversation that we have within our head uh, when someone tells us no. And so the question is, are we opening space to hear that conversation and listen to that conversation and recognize well, where did this come from? Because the conversation is, well, they're saying no. So back up and please don't do this again. And don't embarrass them. Don't embarrass yourself and don't bother them because, you know, they really mean no. When, you know, I think when we start to question this, we start to put ourselves in the world of possibilities. Well, what if this really is a not right now? And then what if we can actually serve this other individual while collectively getting closer to our goals? So to me, that's a game changer. So I, I just appreciated you bringing that up. But talk to me about, I want to get granular on when you were thinking about this year, your goals, the what, the why, and then the who do you have to become? So who do you have to become this year to get where you want to go? I'm just curious. Well, so I, I even break that down into three additional questions. Like what, you know, again, the mindset, the first is like, right. Uh, do I have the right mindset? Do I believe I can do this? Am I committed to the goal? Am I committed to the outcome? Am I committed to making the, the, the changes necessary in order to achieve what I want? Kind of your point. If you're interested, you know, eh, you know, <laughs> you know, you might, you, you might have some success, but if you're committed, you're going to figure out how to make it happen. Then getting to the granular execution side, like what I look at my goals, like what skills am I lacking that I need in order to achieve this goal? Now, I think there's, a, there's I do want to kind of like put an asterisk here because uh, it doesn't have to mean that you have to learn on the skills. If you don't or can't or don't want to, or don't like to do that, go find somebody who does. For yes. me, guys, I'm not your social media person. <laughs> I am on social media. Do I do it? No. <laughs> so that goes, if you haven't ever read the book, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan, amazing book. So it's, I, 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 I kind of like offer that as a tool. Like as you're thinking through these skills, um, maybe there's just not enough time in the day for you to learn all the skills. That's fine. Go find somebody who does have the skills the who to help you achieve your how, right? Like what you actually want. Absolute then, game changer. Oh, oh, um, I, and when I read that book, um, the second time, that's when I was like, I, I first, I figured out how to apply it to some business, but then I started applying it to my life, like personal life. And I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. Well, <laughs> you're probably like <laughs> you're probably like me and many of the listeners. Where you know we kind of learned growing up. It's like if it's if it's to be, it's up to me. You know, and mm-hmm. I think there's certainly value in that thought process and you know pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. But you know, we close ourselves off to so many other possibilities by just thinking that it's all up to us and we have to do this and we have to do that. And it's like, wait a minute, there's something else here. This is a whole new paradigm when we allow other people to help us accomplish our goals, not even, not even just help us, but maybe they can accomplish the goals for us and they receive something as well. There's just so many different angles to this. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, um, you know, it kind of goes back to another Gary Keller um, quote, and I'm going to bumble it, but hopefully you guys get the sentiment here is like, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, if you're, you're bringing on who's to achieve your results, how can you expand your, their, your world to be big enough to where they can achieve their result that they're looking for. And that's how you're going to understand if you guys are aligned with each other, you know, it makes the difference between an employee and and a team member, right? Somebody who's really like, you guys are working cohesively together to achieve a result. And so those are two questions, the mindset, the skills, and then you have to understand the network. Are you, have you surrounded yourself with the people that are gonna help you achieve your goals? Um, you, you may have to kind of like fire some people that you're in your life in order to bring, you know, create space um, or to say not now, right? You know, create a boundary with them. But, you know, again, like how do you surround yourself in that, um, that network? For me, I love being in masterminds that are where I'm not the smartest person in the room. Okay. There are things, there are masterminds where I give back and then I want somebody to reach back and give me a hand. So mm-hmm. I love being, I call it kind of, I want to be the, the not smartest person in the room often if I can. Well, that, that requires a lot of humility too. That's not easy to do, but that's also a muscle that you have to build over time and recognize that obviously, you know, it feels a little bit uncomfortable when, you know, you're surrounded by other people who are doing bigger things than you, maybe have more experience than you, maybe are more intelligent than you in certain ways. But, you know, obviously that there's all these things that happen. It's like osmosis when you surround yourself with other people who are doing things that you want to do. So you almost, it almost happens subconsciously beneath the surface. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, well, wait a minute. I've become, you know, like these people that I really admire. And obviously you get tips, tactics, strategies, you know, course corrections along the way, but it's almost who you become as a part of that process. Um, So I'm with you hundred percent in masterminds. It's, you know, it's, it's reaching up because there's times where you can give there's maybe there's some components that, uh, that maybe you are who these other people need to know in terms of a certain category, your business or life. But then there's all these other categories that they perhaps have more expertise than you, you do. I mean, is that something that you've experienced yourself in masterminds? absolutely um you know i'm in one um right i i never the mastermind i'm in right now um a women's mastermind i never in a million years thought i would be like doing short-term rentals or camper vans i was like i, I was diehard buying bold no way bitcoin no not for me like <laughs> uh, i i was interested in bitcoin i wanted to learn more but i mean there were just you know different asset classes that i never even imagined myself being in there are d- things that i've done with my health i mean my background is in you know nutrition and public health there are things i i you want to talk about not having humility. I was like, I got it. I got this. Right. <laughs> there are things that I've learned, like, you know, after being in this mastermind, that, that there's just, um, a more efficient and effective way of doing things The the, the, um, the underlying foundation and principles still apply, but 
I don't have to do it the way that I was doing it. I'm learning and evolving. And, and then you're right. It does take um, an amount of humility to, to understand, to be the person that sits back to listen and ask questions before, you know, just really, you know, stepping out and, you know, maybe, you know, being the smartest person in the room. Well, Napoleon Hill calls the mastermind, the eighth wonder of the world. And, you know, it's, it's about obtaining the power uh, that you need that's necessary to achieve your goals. And that power comes through other people. It comes through other networks. It comes through insights, ideas. I mean, one idea can be worth, you know, well more than the price of admission, uh, or it could be worth, you know, much more than that as well. So I just think that that's a great reminder. So it's like, what tribe and what community are we plugged into? Uh, because that influences the way that we think, the way that we behave, the way that we act, the way that we ask ourselves questions. Um, but also it impacts sort of our subconscious mind as well in the activities that we're engaging in. So this is just so valuable. Whitney, I just want to, uh, I want to thank you for being a part of this conversation. I want to transition to the rapid fire section of the podcast. Um, you know, I think a lot of our conversation today has been rare. It's been uncommon. And so today I want to talk about the rare air questionnaire. When I think about uh, continuing to grow, when we were thinking about, okay, well, our success lags, perhaps our own personal growth. I've got a few questions for you as it relates to personal development. One of which uh, you mentioned a book there just recently, uh, Who Not How. But if you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books otherwise uh, that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Oh my gosh. Um, so uh, the one thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan that is um, it fundamentally changed everything in my life. Um, it gave me a structure for how to actually uh, set goals that were in alignment with my values and a framework to do that with my family as well. So I was not railroading them. I don't know about you guys, like if, you have, if you're in a relationship or in a marriage, you know, there might be one person who's a goal setter and the other person who's not so much. You know, one mm -hmm. person who's very involved in real estate and the other person's like, hey, babe, I love what the real estate gives us, but I don't love real estate. Right. So that that book and framework and community has really given me, um, you know, I, I, again, the framework in order to, uh, you know, look at life more holistically, but also in partnership with my 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 family. So we're all designing this life that we want. Um, another book that I think, you know, people are kind of, you know, resonated with the initial part of our conversation around belief systems and you're struggling with who are you with your family and your friends or in your community and, you know, kind of have that double identity, um, secret life of being a real estate investor, um, or, you know, the secret life of not being a real estate investor when you're with them. There's a book called Claim Your Power by Mastin Kip, and it's a 40-day progression that goes actually helps you uncover what these belief systems are and where you got them and just really you know um you know it's a lot of self-help but you know just really kind of honoring how they served you when they when you created them and at that stage of your life and how you might need to get, give them a nice like great hug and let them go mm -hmm. so those are two books that i would suggest yeah, it was when you were talking about that earlier, it reminded me of a book that I read and I have not read Claim Your Power. So I'll have to check that out. We'll put, by the way, we'll put links in the show notes as where the listeners can find both books that you just mentioned. But it reminded me of a book that I read a couple of years ago called The Big Leap. And um, what I learned was that I felt like I was abandoning my family. And this was a total subconscious belief that I was abandoning my family by attaining more and more success as an investor, as an entrepreneur. 
And because I didn't come from that, you know, I didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial household, you know, we we're, you know, kind of middle class and so forth. And I didn't ever realize this. But then once I shed light on this belief, I'm like, well, that's not really true. You know, it's like, I'm not dishonoring my family by continuing to, you know, go after bigger goals. So it was just an interesting breakthrough that I had. And it sounds like you, you had a similar experience going through that. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to read that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. Well, I always, it's always good to give a recommendation during the podcast when I'm looking for recommendations from you. So thank you. Uh, aside from our, what we've already talked about today, uh, and maybe we haven't talked about a lot of this, but what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis, Whitney? Well, I'm a big believer of putting your oxygen mask on first. So if you guys are ever on a plane, you have kids, you know, they come around and, you know, they say, put your oxygen mask on first before that of your child. Uh, and the reason is, is so you can stay upright and able to take care of those around you, right? It's, you know, if you, if you run out of oxygen and you can't take care of the people around you, like, everybody hurts. And so, you know, for me, um, you know, I start, it starts off with my morning routine, you know, uh, you know, getting up, not looking at everybody else's priorities, um, at the day, which means you're not looking at your inbox, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, getting out, getting some fresh air. Um, for me, I, you know, I'm an avid runner. I'm a moving meditator. Um, there is such thing as moving meditation. Um, I, but I do really honestly enjoy running. Uh, so I do that, you know, some days I listen to a podcast, you know, something that's very uplifting lifting. Um, I have a hard and fast rule. I'm not listening to, um, you know, uh, what's going on in the news. You know, this is all about self-development. I'm, I'm nourishing my body. I'm nourishing my mind. And then, um, you know, taking care of like my health, like, uh, you know, getting a nice, great breakfast in, you know, my vitamins, getting enough water, getting my green strengths in, you know, as a nutritionist, I know you should spread some of these throughout the day. I also know myself as a human being, I'm going to forget by one o'clock in the afternoon. So <laughs> my too. goal is to win the day by 10 a.m. and focusing on just purely like what are those big things, rocks I need to move by 10 a.m. before I open my email. And yeah, it, it annoys some people in my life, but that's how I've been able to achieve a lot of my results is by ignoring everything else getting my stuff done. And then after 10 a.m., the wheels can come off. I still won the day. This really resonates with me. And I've been thinking about this even more so just becoming a, a new father recently, you know, with our with our twins. It's like, well, I want to be here for them. I want to do everything that they need. And and but the only way I can do that is if I invest in myself, like, you know, I got to get a workout in, I got to drink my water, I got to get some fresh air, like I got to go walk the dog and get some fresh air. And like, I need to not listen to anything. I just need to think at times, maybe I need to have a little journal session once I can clear my head, you know, so that I can show up in the best way as an investor, as an entrepreneur entrepreneur so that I can provide for the family so that I can create opportunities and, and all that kind of stuff. Like to me, it's like, okay, now I can do what I need to do now. You know, so it's, you know, I don't know, it's shifting those priorities. And to me, it's like hitting a bigger domino to knock over smaller and, you know, many more dominoes. I don't know if that kind of imagery makes sense to you, but thank you for, for that reminder. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's something that I really, um, you know, I did all those things. It's just that I did them at a different time of day. It, when I, my energy level was low and I wasn't reaping all the benefits out of them, mm. you know, both like with my mind, my body, and my spirit. And mm. when I read that book, claim your power, and you know, that's something that he brings up, you know, you can do things for yourself and you can do things for your, those immediately in your family and then do things for others. 
you know, people orient those three categories in very different ways. And sometimes they even eliminate categories. I, you know, growing up, you know, in, you know, Southern family, the way I did, it was others, others, family. Mm-hmm. There was no self. That's <laughs> just not <laughs> what we were taught. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that, that really helped me break that belief system and kind of orient things in a, in a more um, sustainable, like, you know, sequence to where I could actually step into my fullest self and actually, you know, um, have energy left over for other people. I know. Uh, I like that. Well, and the reason why I like that so much, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to mention, like, also, you know, I tapped into it, um, you know, a little bit, but, you know, just having those, um, a regular time, if you have a spouse, um, you know, you hear it a lot on other podcasts, but I can't, you know, suggest it enough having an annual planning meeting and then regular times that you meet, but make it fun and engaging. Uh, you know, you can do like a date night, you know, where you're just, you know, having fun and playing games with each other or going out of the house, but also have like, you know, um, you know, a money meeting where you guys are talking about some of those things, you know, the not so fun things, potentially, you know, money finances, but checking in on those goals, because really, like you said, it's those, you know, little 1% course corrections that are going to keep you together aligned and actually pointing in the same direction. Yeah. I mean, any partnership, including a marriage or a relationship requires communication. And there's a lot of things that we don't want to talk about at times, um, but it's important for us to do so. It sounds like you are maybe like myself and my wife and we do, we actually have traction. We use traction in our family. Do you do the same thing? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, we, we, like I said, we, we, um, you utilize mostly the one thing framework, but a lot Got of those it. frameworks be attraction, emerence or whatever they have probably pretty similar tremendous amount of similarities to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one other thing that we do on top of that is also, you know, doing a regular, regular play, uh, dream session with the family to where we're capturing, you know, what everybody wants to do. Like, what are some things that you want to learn places you want to go? How do you want to give back? Because again, you know, for me, you know, I'm the goal setter in the family, you know, everybody else will set goals, but I'm the one that's moving really fast and pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it could be really easy for me to run over everybody. Um, if I didn't, you know, take a step back and just understand like where they are and what fulfills them in their cups. There's not a right time of the year to dream you should dream all throughout the year. And, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, it's December. I should set goals. Well, I like that reminder. Let's have regular dream sessions, whether it's, you know, individually with our spouse, with our family. I like that a lot. And it's more so it's not just, hey, well, how much real estate do I want to buy? It's, well, what what do we want our life to be like? What what, what conditions of our life? What things do we want to learn? Where do we want to go? What do we want to experience? Um, what smells do we want? We, what things do we want to learn how to do? What tastes do we want to experience? I mean, that is what life is all about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I learned this on a, um, a podcast, uh, you know, you know, what makes you happy? You know, if you can boil it down to three things, it's the experiences you have, um, the ways you grow and the ways you contribute. And so we really, honestly, uh, our TV in our um, sunroom, we have a second room that has a sunroom and we have my daughter and I have these big long butcher sheets and they're broken up in those three categories and we draw on them what we want to do and you know and we leave it posted up so we can constantly add to it and then we can visually check it off and then we do that at least once a quarter 
um, you know, some cool things that had made it on there, like Space Camp. I was like, mm. We were talking about Space Camp, the movie. That was the thing when I, you know, in the 80s, you know, when I was a kid. And I was like, man, that would be cool to go to Space Camp. And I just like looked it up one day. I'm like, we can go to Space Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Wow. That is so cool. Well, thank you for that reminder and that inspiration. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of application that all of us can do now. It's like, well, let's go dream. Let's think about those categories. And what would we love to do? You know, if there were no limits in our future, what would we love to experience? And um, thank you for that. What would we love to contribute? Thank you for that reminder. Um, Whitney, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? So I love the ways that I uh, give back is I um, do a weekly mastermind or masterclass with PassiveInvesting.com. You guys can find me there um, at go to PassiveInvestingWithWhitney.com. I got some free resources on how to get started in passive real estate. Um, I have my passive masterclass on Tuesdays, as well as you can jump on the phone with me there. Uh, if you're just starting off in real estate, you know, maybe like one to 20 units looking to buy single family houses, you know, reach out to me over at Ash Wealth. I've got some free resources there for you too. Um, again, you know, kind of going, giving back on, you know, all my knowledge, time and expertise and all the things that I figured out getting into real estate, you know, really trying to help people shortcut their path. And, you know, again, like I'm all about family. So um, another way that I give back is just being trying to be a hundred percent present, you know, for my family, which that doesn't mean that I have perfect balance. It just means I try to focus intently, you know, when I'm switching back and forth between um, work and being with them, because, you know, if you think about it, my, our children, right. Um, and even if you don't have children, maybe you have some other, you know, you have a child in your life. They are the future. If you can mm -hmm. pour into them, just think they're going to impact hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even millions of people, um, you know, in their future. So there's, you talk about, um, you know, elevating somebody's growth. I mean, I have to make sure that I'm doing that at home. I almost think of, uh, you know, you think about like acupuncture, you know, it's like it's little, this little needle makes this big impact and we can make a big impact if we focus our attention in one place at one time, one person at one time, one, you know, activity at one time, you're talking about the one thing earlier, we're always out of balance. There's no balance. There's no such thing. Like you and I are here right now. We're not with our kids, right? We're not with our family. We're not doing this dream session, but that's not to say that that's, that's being lost, but we have to be the best that we can be at any moment. Whitney, this has been an awesome conversation. I've really, really enjoyed myself. I hope you have too. I hope the listeners have. Thank you for um, being here. I want to acknowledge you. I want to acknowledge you for, uh, you know, being that recovering perfectionist uh, that, you know, in many ways, I'm sure that was not easy. And, you know, going through that metamorphosis that you did in your 30s from your identity and continuing to push forward, continuing to grow, continuing to share that with other people and being as enthusiastic as you are. It's very, very palpable. I'm really enjoying uh, getting to know you and becoming your friend. But Whitney, is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? Yeah, you know, guys, it's all a journey. There's not a destination here. And I think that's what we have to, you know, with anything, with your goals, but even like with your own, you know, self-growth, um, you know, you know, we talk about being a recovering perfectionist. Guess what? Recovering and perfectionists do whenever they have self-doubt, they become perfectionists. 
Oh my gosh, <laughs> so, so true. Yeah. So, but that that's that's where you just have to, you know, um, you mentioned the word earlier. You have to have faith and grace in yourself and just, you know, make that one percent, you know, correction again to get back on track and you know, heading in the direction that you really want to go. So thank you so much for having me on. This has been amazing. No, it's absolutely my pleasure again, Whitney. Thank you again. And the listeners can find you again at PassiveInvestingWithWhitney.com or on LinkedIn. And again, the last uh, thing, we'll put a link in the show notes as to where the listeners can find your weekly Passive Investing Made Simple Masterclass. Uh, So Whitney, until next time, thanks again for being on Elevate. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Elevate Nation, what an awesome conversation with Whitney Elkins Hutton. And, you know, it's always, I I know it's going to be a good conversation when I don't touch the notes and the plans that I had uh, for the conversation. You know, it was totally conversational, totally organic. And wow. I mean, there's just so much gold there when you think about the, the level of mindset required to design the life of our dreams and utilize this vehicle of real estate, whether you love real estate or whether you like it or whether you don't care anything about it, it can obviously be a vehicle that can help us design our dreams. And the undercurrents are how are we interacting from our perspective with challenges, with our goals, with the outcomes that we're either committed to, by the way, we should be committed. Uh, If we're not, if we're just interested, we should definitely ask ourselves what's going on with that. And what would it look like if we became defiantly committed to doing whatever it takes to get to our outcomes? There is so much gold here when you think about setting goals, when you think about designing that life, um, when you think about living a life of your dreams, when you think about utilizing dream sessions instead of just, well, I want to create this amount of passive income and, you know, this, that and the other. Well, what type of dreams do you want to live? What type of life do you want to live? What type of experiences? What type of people do you want to be a part of your network? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to learn? What do you want to contribute? Who do you want to become yourself? That's what this is all about. I hope you really enjoyed this. This has been a phenomenal conversation for me and one that I'm going to take with me for a long time. I can't wait to re-listen to it myself. I want to encourage you to re-listen to the show. We learn twice as much when we re-listen to a podcast. I also want to encourage you to have a discussion with a friend, pay it forward and share this episode with someone else and share with them your distinctions, your takeaways. What are those, by the way? What are your top one, two or three takeaways? If you just take one, that's key. That's huge. Go ahead. Just take one takeaway and apply that immediately. Is it a dream session? Is it goal setting? Is it something regarding course correction on your goals? Uh, Is it something to do with being resourceful in the development of your business? Is it, you know, getting clear on who you want to become yourself and who you need to become to create the life of your dreams? What is it that you took away from this episode? I want to encourage you to dive into that and ultimately make a plan to take massive action. I want to thank you so much for listening. It's been my pleasure. Until next time, Elevate Nation, thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.